Welcome back to the Lion Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. This is a place that we bring together the world's leading experts in all things health and wellness to help you optimize your mind, body, and movement. Today's beautiful conversation is with Laureen Crenn. He is the author of the book, Understand Women Better. He is internationally sought after leader in the field of relationships and masculine feminine polarity, teaching us how to deepen our capacity for intimacy through the power of masculine and feminine polarity. Uh, This conversation is about deepening relationships. It's about sex. It's about sensuality. It's about avoidant patterns. It's about resistance. It's about attachment. It's about a lot of things. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think Lauren is quite brilliant. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I think you're going to garner a very large amount of valuable information from it. And that's it. I think you guys are going to love this thing. I want to thank you guys for leaving us reviews on wherever you're listening to this. It's very simple. If you're on Apple Podcasts or whatever, scroll down your phone and I want to read a review from Hardingo or Hardingho. I'm not exactly sure how to say this name or word they say genuine of all the podcasters aaron stands at the top of the list for most genuine in his mission he is mindful and engaged in every conversation while continuously delivering his knowledge and insights freely though this is my first podcast review i've been using aaron's content to improve myself for some time i couldn't recommend it enough thank you so much hardingo or hardingho i hope you guys enjoy this conversation um i think it's an invaluable one i think Lorraine is truly a brilliant mind, uh, very deep, compassionate, deeply feeling human being, and I think a, a gift to this podcast and the world. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Let's get to it with my guy, Laureen. Well, so the first kind of overt, ridiculous, over-the-top question that I have for you to start things off is how does one, as a man, for starters, cultivate oneself and one's relationship in order to have the best sex accessible to the human species. <laughs> and what is that? Yeah. How do you, how do you respond to that? Cause that was one of the things that I heard you say in, in another interview. Yeah. You said if there, if there, if a man is, is hungry, you know, and he's interested and he wants to learn, give me three months and I will teach him how to have, like, I think you said the best sex he's ever known or in the planet or, you know, whatever it is, but how, what's the blueprint towards that? And then we'll start to unfold other other directions you see it's a great question and the thing about it is it's an answer i'm going to give that no one wants to hear there is no quick fix there is not this one practice that you do and then suddenly you have the most amazing experience in the bedroom what's actually required is doing the deep inner work and why is that so because i call this deep intimacy when you are in the bedroom when you're making love and you are in your heart you are in your body when you are truly present with another person, with another soul in the bedroom, and what you naturally experience is deep emotions coming up. Now, most people are suppressing these emotions. Most people are not tending to their pain, to the suffering they go through. Most people are not even aware of what's truly going on inside my body, right? Or let's call it the blockages around my heart. And all of these things then come alive when you are truly intimate with someone, right? I call this the healing container of deep intimacy. It's like a mirror showing you where you are truly at in your soul's evolution, in your journey of awakening, right? So we can oftentimes think, oh, wow, I'm really far in my journey. I reached a real high level of consciousness and all of that. And then we're in the bedroom and we experience a total shutdown. We experience a total overwhelm 
of emotions. Yeah. And so the answer is the answer no one wants to hear. There is no way to actually experience the greatest sex unless we learn how to truly be inside our body, how to truly be inside our heart, mm. no matter what comes up. That is, of course, extremely challenging. And I call this as the as the masculine, and let's use heterosexual language here, for the man there is a deep spiritual warriorship that is necessary here. Because in in I like to call it this way, before you experience the beauty of sacred sex, before you experience deep intimacy, you first have to go through a sense of shadow work. And what that shadow work is, is that first of all, everything is going to come to the surface you haven't dealt with. Every trauma, every blockage, every belief you have about not being worthy, not being good enough, not deserving love, all of that comes to the surface. And we first have to move through that. That requires a lot of courage. That requires a lot of skill. But when we move through that and do the shadow work, that is when we then experience an immensely soul-touching experience. Some people call it sacred sex. But first we have to move through the shadow work. And this is what most people don't want to do. They just want to feel pleasure. Yeah, you know, and, and this is why people are also, of course, attached to them seeking superficial pleasure. Because if you are not in your body, if you're not fully present and you're you're basically just pushing that away, that response, because it is Im impossible to, to have sex and feel your body and feel your heart and not experience something deep, right? Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah. I, I intentionally started with a, a very crude, like, bro question, <laughs> and I assumed we were probably going to go into deeper layers of un unpacking, you know, what's, what's beneath the kind of the superficial reward of, like, great sex. And a, a quote, comes to mind from Bessel van der Kalk, wrote the, the Body Keeps the mm. Score book. He said the, the physical self-awareness is the first step in releasing the tyranny of the past. I think there's an interesting, so we have an interesting access point through the body to start to open up into these deeper emotional, you know, perhaps suppressed layers of ourselves. And so as, as you're speaking, it kind of, a question comes to mind of like, what is sex exactly? Is it, is sex... Mm procreation to perpetuate the species is sex some type of lesson towards guiding us towards some type of awareness of unicity to oscillate in and out of duality to unicity and experience oneness through other is sex just a good time i believe it's a great question and i believe it really depends on what the individual wants but sex can be many things sex can be a way to escape from our pain if that is what we seek to do or what we want to do or we're unconscious that is happening. Mm. But sex can also be an experience that truly blasts our heart open. And a lot of people, when they experience that, they kind of get addicted to some degree or attached to that form of ecstasy, right? This, this immense sexual, this ecstasy you can experience through deep sex. But I believe that is not the that is not the goal because that's not sustainable. You're not you, you cannot have sex all the time. I mean, maybe you can, but I I don't see that 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 is that is the goal of life. But what that is meant to do is an experience like that that truly blasts your heart open, that allows you. It's a you mentioned before an experience of oneness, but also an experience that truly allows you to experience yourself. Could call it as love or to experience yourself in your most awakened state, in your most heart-opened state. And when we experience that, that has profound effects on in, in our entire life. So I see it as a gateway um, into our soul, a gateway to awaken, a gateway 
to evolve in consciousness. So what would you say are, if, if there were, if there was some type of playbook towards starting to unravel some of the perhaps suppressed emotions or protections or defense mechanisms that we may have that perhaps served us at one point, but now they're kind of like barnacles that are holding on and actually impeding us from feeling safe and feeling at home in ourselves and feeling at home with our partners, taking us out of a place of perhaps like avoiding abandonment, I think is probably a very common trend among many people, myself included, mm. I place myself in that category. Certain subconscious defense mechanisms that pop up that may on the face seem like maybe like common bro expressions or masculine expressions or whatever, but in fact, it's actually protecting like a scared, hurt little boy. Like how does mm -hmm. one, and maybe that's not the case for everybody. Maybe that's not even entirely the case for me. That's, you know, there's, there's probably kernels of, of truth, but also I don't think I entirely know myself, you know, so I'm, I'm open to my, my story being, you know, evolving, you know, through this conversation and through life, et cetera. But what, what would oh, you say is, is the process in starting to, to get to know oneself better in order to be able to show up in a more whole way in a relationship? It's a fantastic question. And I so share a similar experience with the abandonment wounds um, having played a very, very huge part in my intimate life. And um, you see, the, the reason why it's so challenging for people or um, to navigate in the world of intimacy and relationships is because it is, becomes very difficult to discern what to trust, right? Because many times, and you mentioned this, you mentioned the abandonment wound. So let's use the abandonment wound, the abandonment wound as an example. When that abandonment wound comes up, and most often from my experience with clients and myself, especially when I had this, when, I, when it came up big time in the past, and I experienced challenges with that, was any, something would just happen, could be a minor thing. So let's say I would, um, let's say my, my partner leaves the house and I give my partner a smile, and they don't smile back at me because they are late for work or whatever, right? And and but they're not even noticing that I'm smiling at them in that moment. And right in that moment, boom, something gets triggered inside me. And it's like, wow, why didn't they smile back at me? Why didn't they smile back at me? So it always kind of the being hijacked by our shadow or by our wounds always starts with a thought. It starts with a thought. It starts with some form of, okay, why didn't they do this? Why did we why did didn't she smile? Why did he not smile back at me? And then it spirals into a story, into a story. Well, they're not smiling back at me because I did this, because I did that. And, and then it gets, and then if we, if we are not aware of this process, the hijacking becomes worse and worse. I call this the hijacking of our shadow and also the, our shadow sabotaging in that moment. And it gets worse and worse and worse until we get to a place, if this remains completely unchecked, where we are completely determined that they are going to abandon us. They are about to leave us even though in many cases that is actually not the truth. And then when our partner comes back, we don't greet them with a smile and they're smiling, right? Yeah. And we are really serious and they feel our energy and they're like, fuck, what is that? You know, what's happening to my partner? They're so fucking shut down. And in that moment, they close off from us because they feel unsafe because of our energy. And we are like, fucking, I knew it. They're going to abandon me. Here is my <laughs> truth. So now the story spirals even more out of control and the shadow uses this further and further. And many people, and this is no fucking joke, many people, it's so it gets so bad with the shadow hijacking that the relationship ends there. It ends. And this process keeps repeating itself. Mm. Some people catch themselves 
at some point, right? And they notice, whoa, wait a second. And they find a way to express and communicate that. And then there is a chance to work through that. But literally what this means, if our shadow remains unchecked, it can sabotage and ruin every relationship we're in. And the difficulty is in those moments, it's not easy to discern what is really the truth because our whole body is telling us she's going to leave me, she's going to leave me, she's going to leave me. And that takes an immense warriorship to come to a level of, okay, wait a second. Hmm. And one of the practices, for instance, I give my clients and teaching my programs and groups, I call this the connection method. And this also goes hand in hand with vulnerability, which I know you wanted to talk about, and we can talk about it in a second, but something along the lines of, not in a sense of total collapse, oh my God, you're going to leave me. That's also going to create unsafety, but in a sense of, hey, I know this sounds really crazy, but in the morning you didn't smile at me, and now I've got that story in my head that you're going to leave me. Yeah, there's a couple things, a couple tracks. One, I like to have definitive, objective, working definitions of words that can be subjective and, and nebulous, such as shadow, which I know like Carl uh, Jung, you know, there's like legit psychologists that most Western culture accepts is like, okay, cool, like Jung, he's already, you know, he speaks a lot about the shadow. <laughs> But I, I think a lot of there's a lot of that language has kind of been, I don't know, like uh, manipulated and twisted and, and interpreted various different directions and kind of has, has like lost its weight it, for, for in my personal experience, at least. So I'd love to when we have words like consciousness, spirituality and shadow, I'd love to just like stop and like define like what are, when we're say shadow, what what is what is shadow for me? Um, I. And I'm not sure if that is in congruence with Carl Jung. Carl Jung did absolutely fantastic work and did basically the groundwork about the, about the shadow. Um, for me, I've, I've a very simple definition about the shadow. I like to simplify things and to make them highly practical. That's my approach to this work. So for me, the moment we start talking, and I'm not ta saying that this is bad, I'm just saying this is my personal style. The moment we start talking, yeah, we need to differentiate. This is your ego. This is your shadow. And, and the shadow is different and it has these qualities and the ego is this. This is all fucking mind fuckery for me. And I know this sounds provocative and people are like, yeah, but fucking you said this and this can't be the shadow and this is the ego. And I'm like, fuck, I don't give a shit. You know, I don't give a shit in all honesty, because for me, it's very simple. Very simple. I let's use a practical example. What is the shadow? Very practical. I desire deep intimacy. I desire soul-touching connection. I desire passion, strong polarity, intimacy, trust in my relationship. That's what I desire. I know that is what I want. But I show up in ways, at times, that are not congruent with that desire, especially in the past, with strong forms of self-sabotage, with pushing my partner away, with drawing my love when I felt uh, in some way triggered or any of that sort. We could now say, why? okay, so I desire one thing, but I'm showing up in ways that are not congruent with what I desire. And that's what I call the shadow. I, I call that the shadow. That is basically the force that almost, so to speak, works against, it seemingly works against our core desire, our soul desire, our heart's desire. Yeah. I, I wonder perhaps as you're, as you're, as you're describing that, it, perhaps like the, the shadow is like the part of us that believes that we don't deserve to be here. You know, or we don't deserve to, to have you know, what, what, what we, our, our deeper heart's desire is like, no, you're not worth that. And so I'm going to kind of work to sabotage that, to kind of set you back at your, your baseline that, 
we have this limiting belief around ourselves. Or I wonder, like it's an interesting, I feel like we could spend an hour talking about just what is the shadow and there'd probably be a lot of really Absolutely. important work that would manifest as a product of that. So if you have anything more about that, please. Uh, and but then, well, yeah, do you have anything more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And also, um, you see, the best way to put this for me is the moment we are conceptualizing. So I, I find it amazing to conceptualize about these things. But, you know, whether we call it the shadow is the hurt inner child, the shadow is suppressed trauma, the shadow wants good. No, the shadow is not your friend. The shadow is supposed to be your friend. All of these things. In the end, only one thing matters. Are we coming to a place where we are able to open our hearts deeper, where we are able to awaken more to our true nature? We experience more joy. We experience more gratitude. We experience more depth. We experience more intimacy, more heart openness. If that is the case, then everything is well. Yeah. If that is not the case, then any definition about, yeah, but this and that is, is not serving us ultimately. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the shadow gets kind of, in like the washing machine of spirituality and new like the new age movement and whatnot i think it, it it's kind of got tossed under the rug as being villainized as this bad thing but i think the shat the shadow in quotations if we're defining it as it seems like we are now is actually this really beautiful loving protective mechanism and I, you know i think it's it's like and this is me just you know whatever spitballing but it's i, I think there's a an opportunity to welcome that shadow part as we're defining it now and welcome that those limiting beliefs and welcome because ultimately I think all of those those beliefs what they're doing is they're protecting us from something that we don't know mm -hmm. and and I and then I feel like from that it's kind of like ah like okay I see you trying to ruin this beautiful relationship because you feel like it's like uncomfortable it's like scary for you to feel these ways because you don't know on the other side of that perhaps there's this greater level of abandonment greater level of hurt that you know, it's like beyond anything that you've ever experienced before. And you're like, oh, you, you, you don't want to bear it. So you just keep yourself safe at the edge and like almost living, but not stepping all the way in. And so that shadow in quotations is actually this, this beautiful, brilliant, obnoxious mechanism to keep you from being hurt any further. And it's like the shadow, it's like the shadow loves you in a way. Absolutely. No, Maybe. I, I completely, no, I, I totally hear that. For me, the importance here is Two ways, if we villainize the shadow completely, like you said right now, very powerfully, I, I totally resonate with that. If we villainize it and try to resist it, we only strengthen it. And we yeah. all know this, right? If the shadow hijacks us and we tell us, no, and it shouldn't be that way, there's something wrong with me, and I shouldn't be experiencing any of that, we just give it more, we just make it stronger. And if mm. we hate our shadow and fight against it, that's not the way of warriorship. It's just not going to work. It's just going to strengthen it. But if we now, on the other hand, start to say, oh, yeah, shadow, it's only amazing. I'm so, this is amazing. And I'm so happy because the shadow can be very tricky and can, if it remains unchecked, really ruin our intimate life. Whether it has the greatest intention for us or not, ultimately leaves us in a really bad spot. So the best way I would put this, we and I would completely prescribe to that, that the, the shadow wants to protect us, but it has great intentions for us, but it doesn't mean what it is doing is necessarily great. Yeah. That is yeah, a powerful acknowledgement, a powerful acknowledgement of, hey, I'm noticing that the shadow wants to protect me actually, right? Because that's unknown. It feels like it's almost like a overly protective mother or 
Mm. And it's like, it's like, she loves you so much. I think there's actually a condition where you like, you love puppies so much that you like squeeze them so hard that you kill them. I don't know what the term for that is yeah, exactly, well, but you're like, like, yeah. oh, I love you all. <laughs> like, I won't let you go. <laughs> and they're like, well, now I'm suffocating and I'm not actually living my fully expressed life. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. Beautiful that we kind of talking about the shadow. It's I could we could talk endlessly about this. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. To 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 just uh, make it practical again. Yeah. Um, you asked also about spirituality, defining spirituality. Yeah. For me, defining spirituality very simple. Does it allow me to experience more fulfillment, more joy, more heart openness, mm. right? More depth in my life. If yes, amazing. If no, it's fucking bullshit. End of yeah. the story. I don't care about any concept, any spiritual stuff, love and kindness, whatever. If if it doesn't allow or invite for a more more embodied and really leads to embodied changes, I, I like to call it grounded spirituality, right? There need to be it needs we need to become that we need to experience that otherwise these things just remain concepts and concepts are nice to have but we want to experience that what does it mean to live with an open heart to make love with an open heart because if you just have the concept it's not going to lead to anything i'm going to take a moment and share something that has been a game changer for my life and my training that is taking essential amino acids from Keon. You probably know that the human body is mostly water. What you probably do not know is that everything else in your body is about 50% amino acids. These building blocks of life are essential for health and fitness. No matter how you like to move, whatever you do to stay fit, amino acids are essential. This is why Keon Aminos is my fundamental supplement for fitness. I drink them every day for energy, muscle, and recovery. Kian Aminos is backed by over 20 years of clinical research, has the highest quality ingredients, no fillers or junk. They've undergone rigorous testing and tastes amazing with all natural flavors. So if you want to naturally boost energy, build lean muscle, and enhance athletic recovery, you gotta get Kian Aminos. And you can now save 20% on monthly deliveries and 10% on one-time purchases. Just go to getkion.com slash align. That is G-E-T-K-I-O-N dot com slash align, A-L-I-G-N. That's 20% off on monthly deliveries and 10% off on one-time purchases. Go to getkion.com slash align. Side note: Something that I, I read recently in the in the book about nonviolent communication was the 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 difference between observation and evaluation. And I think that was kind of mm-hmm. like what you were describing previously. It's like you go, you observe your girlfriend or wife or whoever not smiling because they're in a rush or whatever the reason is. And that observation aspect, beautiful. You're in a state of you know somewhat equanimity. You're like, ah, oh, okay, interesting. She didn't smile, and then through all of our past filters, then we we overlay that evaluation and then we spin ourselves in that. And so there's like, I think there's a, a balance in living in that observation part and kind of not taking our evaluation too seriously. And then another thing that I think that within the whole like new age community, I think we can mix up like disassociation and bypassing mm-hmm. with equanimity and observation. And so that's, I think there's, there's an interesting balance there that I think is, is it's like a tightrope of sorts. Like, how do I enter this like consciousness, spirituality sphere <laughs> without just suppressing my like animal needs? Yeah, 
Absolutely. And we're talking about dark masculine or dark feminine energy. That's how I like to describe that animal need within us. And I see this as a huge, a huge issue of um, the spiritual movement and the new age movement. Talking about men specifically, is it okay if I talk about the process yeah. of men here, brother? Yeah. yeah. Um, the kind of old conditioning for men, old virtues, we know we've all heard about it, right? Suppressing emotions, not showing any tears, a real man doesn't cry. Okay, we all know that that is not really going to make a man fulfilled and allow him to experience great depth and freedom in his life. And then the spiritual kind of new age movement came and it gave something valuable. It allowed men to somewhat connect to their inner feminine and to their emotions, which is a very important part of the process. But here is the thing. It is just a part of the journey, a part of a man's evolution. It is not the finish line because the journey continues by then reclaiming our Oh, we could call it, I call it dark masculine energy, our most primal aspect. Some call it the wild man within. Some even like to call it, I like to call it cock energy, right? With I, I like to call it light masculine energy is in our heart. That's like heart connection and connection with spirit. And cock energy, ball energy, <laughs> is like the connection to the earth. That's our grounding, right? Mm. And it's this dark masculine energy, which so many men have a wounded relationship to, which is completely understandable because we've got me too, we've got wars and the, the unconscious expression of dark masculine energy is, for instance, something horrifying as rape, slaughter and all these things, meaningless wars. But then people forget about that there is a conscious expression of that, that there is an empowering expression that both the feminine and the masculine, the world is actually asking for, that's protective, that's, that's healing. That's courageous. And people who just uh, apply kind of new age spiritual teachings, it's oftentimes, as you mentioned, a bypassing of the darker um, aspect of our being. And dark doesn't mean it doesn't equal bad. It's about how we express that. And yeah, yeah extremely I, important. Something that I question pretty regularly, I've had Chris Ryan, he wrote the book Sex at Dawn. He's, he's a buddy. He's, I've done several podcasts with him on here. And and different people on around like just like the evolution of human sexuality and sometimes i think a common question is are we even playing the most appropriate game of sorts are we on the correct playing board for modern relationships and there's different agreements you know you go to some cultures and it's like okay this culture is you know monogamy you know till death do you part this is kind of more serial monogamy is okay we don't take the whole marriage vows quite so seriously here like over 50 percent of people get divorced there's some places where maybe polyandry is a thing some places where maybe polygamy is a thing some places where maybe celibacy celibacy is, is the thing and so it's it's kind of an interesting thing to to be like well, well first like examining the playing board like are we on the correct playing board you know and then from there extrapolating out and and you know, that's just, a, I guess, just a question I have have for you is what do you think is the optimal playing board for human modern dating and marital dynamics and sexual dynamics? Is, is yeah. monogamy, yeah. is that the, the, the most like natural in quotations, human approach to relationships? Yeah. It's a very powerful question, also a very complex question, of course. The thing is, we need to know our why, because to say, you know, monogamy is the way, polyamorous relationships are the way, just to say that and to someone who just prescribed to that doesn't make any sense in my opinion. The thing is why and not just why, 
but especially what do you truly desire? What is really important to you? For me personally, um, exclusivity is highly important. I want a highly committed monogamous relationship and I want to be with my partner um, for the rest of my life and build the most divine and sacred connection and just keep deepening that and deepening that. Not everyone is going to want that, but we need to know, we need to be connected to that because the issue is when we're just prescribing to anything, like if someone, let's say someone prescribes to, to what I'm saying right now, but that's not actually what they truly yearn for, and it's going to lead to a lot of suffering because we're being dishonest and inauthentic, right? We're not being our authentic selves. Yeah. So it's for, for me personally, if someone would ask me personally, I find it very difficult to understand, and this is not a judgment because... There are people who live in polyamorous relationships who are doing deep spiritual work and who are clearly um, experiencing a lot of fulfillment. Clearly, clearly. So it works. Does it work? It looks like it. For me personally, when I, for me, it's just when I'm with my woman, it is, for me, this is such a sacred bond or the most sacred bond, to put it into better words. I don't want anything to interfere with that. And even going further, I have no interest in doing anything. I want to direct all my energy into that because it's so highly empowering and it's so nurturing. So there is not even this interest of, yeah, but you know, what else could there be? No, this is it. I want to deepen this. And so someone that is a common thing that I've personally experienced quite a bit of would be a resistance around like all in commitment with one individual mm. person. And a very common tendency that I, I'm, I'm sure resonates with lots of people that I've experienced, you know, quite a bit of my life is being really enamored by the chase, you know, and then once it's established and the heart opens and you're like, OK, here here we are, then the tendency to, to have wandering eyes starts to, to manifest. And this is kind of a cycle that I've gone through quite a bit of in my existence. And I'm in actually a really beautiful relationship presently. And that's like I think a lot of that is is mending and and you know, shifting which is which is great but what do you think that is because I, I know it's a common thing beyond just my myself thrill of the chase but you know resistance around the actual you know taking it home yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah the the thing about commitment and when it comes to commitment fear the way i like to put it is commitment means accountability so mm -hmm. let's use an example here Let's say you are on stage and you talk to 10,000 people and you know you're going on stage in five minutes. And let's say something happens, something that really fucking upsets you before you go on stage and speak to 10,000 people who are wanting your energy, who are wanting all of you, who really want to experience you in your full aliveness, right? Who you can be in service to. And something happens and you're challenged, right? You're really challenged. You feel upset. And then there is this voice that says, yeah, fuck, I don't really want to fucking go on stage right now. And I feel pissed off. And now imagine you go out on stage and, and just are pissed off and just don't work on changing your energy and working through, through it in any way, right? You're going to be held accountable, right? Because there are 10,000 people who want to experience your full aliveness, who are really want to experience your depth. And you are here. Now in your own head about some story 
about why is this happening to me? It shouldn't have happened. It's all bad. And I'm a victim or you're in some kind of victim consciousness. You're going to be held accountable in some shape or form. And people might say that it wasn't a great experience, right? But it's not just about that. You won't feel nurtured and empowered by that experience because, yeah, just because. It's just that way everyone can think about that. And it's the same. And, and everyone who is in that situation will, will say, okay, well, I feel that trigger. I feel that upset. But I'm going to go on stage right now. I have to get my shit together. I have to get my shit together because I'm going to speak to 10,000 people. I can't be in a victim mindset. Well, I can, but it's going to have a lot of effects, a lot of consequences, which I am not going to like, right? Mm. And it's the same kind of with a relationship. Our commitment, what you're saying is, I choose you fully, I commit fully to you. That's nice to say, but what does this mean? You commit to working for anything that comes up that is not in service to deepening that love, to deepening that relationship, mm. which means you also simultaneously commit to working through your own wounds, your own trauma, your shadow, whatever language you want to put to that. And that is what we all deep down know. And we don't want this accountability. We don't want this because, the co because that's very black and white in a relationship in that sense. Oh, wow, I've got a commitment issue. Oh, wow, I'm self-sabotaging again. That's like a clear mirror. And you, it takes a lot of fucking ownership and responsibility to just say, wow, I'm self-sabotaging. Oh, wow, I'm actually afraid of love. I'm pushing my partner away right now, even though I'm saying I really want to be with them. And, or, or for instance, let's say someone is leaking in energy. What says, I want to be in a committed relationship, but suddenly, and with leaking in energy, what I mean is, they are flirting with someone, not with the consent of their partner, right? If you're in a polyamorous relationship, if you agree beforehand that that is okay, great. You do whatever you want to do. But people do it while not necessarily agreeing on that and wanting something exclusive and highly committed. Now, and it's just this accountability. Mm. And most people are not able to meet themselves in the mirror of that, in this raw kind of mirror. And that is very intense because it's very clear. Here is your trauma. Here is another wound. You're running away. You're, you're, you're afraid. You have blockages around your heart. It's all clear. It's all being shown to you. And when you are in the chase, right? When you are just, you know, every time some form of accountability comes, you just swap partner. That's an easy life. And ultimately, it's a way to avoid our trauma. It's a way to avoid our wounds. And I will go even as far. And I know this is fucking provocative. And it's intense, but that's the kind of guy I am. And this is my personal view. No one has to agree to this. If you cannot fully commit in a relationship, if you can't bring that to the right person, right? We're talking about the right person. You don't want to commit to someone who is unsafe, who is abusive or any sort. I'm not talking about that. But to the right person. That could mean the right person is not there yet, obviously. And then obviously you don't fucking commit. But someone, a man who is unable to commit right, to commit to the right person, most likely will have a lot of difficulties also to commit to his mission in life, to commit to his true purpose and to truly living, leaving a legacy. That's really fucking powerful. Laureen. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, that's, that's, and uh, much of that absolutely resonates with me. And uh, I really appreciate you saying all that. And so, just so, one last thing I want to say here, um, yeah. apologies, I know no. I've been talking long here. No, but, please keep um, going. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
for me, the reason why I'm so standing wholeheartedly behind this, the reason why I see this as the highest truth I could I could share in this moment, is because when I made the choice, I commit fully to my woman, everything started to change in my life. It's not just that our relationship became incredible and became a sanctuary of empowerment, of nurture, of nourishment, of love, of trust, of safety. It is also that in every other area of my life, I was suddenly having this immense fire within me, this immense burning, this, this feeling of, fuck, this is the right thing. This is what I'm meant to do, right? Because again, how can we commit fully to a partner without committing fully to our soul's evolution, to mm. our healing journey, yeah. right? To bring our full gifts to the world. They, they go hand in hand. Separa uh, the relationship is not separate from your service, your mission, your offering to this world. They're so intertwined. They both affect one another so deeply. If you are not living your mission, if you are not serving the world with your heart's truth and gifts, then that will show up in your relationship and will impact your relationship. Mm. If your relationship is full of trauma expression and pain and abandonment wounds, that's going to impact your service to the world, right? And we, we know this. I mean, when my abandonment wound came up in my relationship, my service to the world mm, wasn't the way I wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I guess the other side of that, or the, the perhaps counter is not the right word, but the questioning side of that would be how does one know when their purpose is their purpose and their partner is their partner? And how does like, because I've heard, I've heard of like the romanticized idea of like the choiceless choice where it's like, oh, it's just, yeah. there's, there's, there's no choice. It's just, just is. And it's just like, okay, that's, I, that's amazing. I love that for everyone if that if that's the case. But then I, I think there's also <laughs> perhaps many times the case where it's kind of like, well, it didn't really feel right at first, honestly, and we built into it. And now we have this amazing thing. And I'm sure there's lots of different varieties of partnership and purpose. And so so that would be an interesting kind of idea. How does how does one navigate that? Yeah. The thing is also here, it's just in a man's life, um I for me, I like to call decisiveness a very important masculine virtue. Um, being able to, to, to make up your mind and being able to choose clearly. So on one hand, yes, not everyone has the experience of this is my fucking purpose and this is the right relationship right now. There might be, okay, is it really the right relationship? Is it really the right purpose? But then again, here we could argue again that there is also a sense of, a sense of fear of not being able to trust ourselves, right? So this goes, and I entertain both thoughts because, but also here we could say, okay, but then we could always say, well, is it the right thing? It could always be, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure. We, we, could, we could then use this as an excuse almost to a sense. Things might change, but the thing is, if things change, things change. And we can always have a conversation about that, right? If you commit fully to another person, they commit fully to you, but you realize the relationship is not working, you both can have a heartfelt conversation and just say, I, I know we have said these things and this is what we wanted and we've now tried for so many years, but it's clearly not working. So maybe the wisest choice here is to do a conscious uncoupling or any of that sort, right? Might yeah. be an example. And, and, and that's not breaking our commitment in that sense. That is just recognizing that sometimes things don't work out the way we thought, the way we thought they will be. But in life, we always have to make choices. 
we have to make we have to make up our mind and we have to be able to trust ourselves to some degree and this doesn't mean it's written in stone right our purpose might change we might have for a few years i, I used to work as a pt and that was my absolute purpose i love doing that and when i came into this work which initially started with men's work and then became the whole relationship and bringing my teachings and into the world, I had no idea they would come. And back then, if you would have asked me, what is your purpose? It would have been PT and, and you know, functional strength training. And now it's not anymore. And my purpose might still, to some degree, I don't think it will vastly change, but it might change and certain new areas will come, will come up as well. But still, if we, it's a, it's to, if we would say, yeah, but, how do I know? Well, I never know. I'll just keep looking and there could always be something better. Then, yeah, we have to make our choices. We yeah. have to be able to trust ourselves. What are, in, in your, I think it would be easy to um, perceive you and, and likely your relationship or relationships as being like this idyllic kind of angelic light <laughs> state. I wonder what, in your experience, is there any kind of like shames or any type of like, guilts or shadows and quotations or things of like god i'm mother freaking lauren kren and i am fucking this thing up <laughs> like what what does that look like for really? you <laughs> i i so appreciate you asked this question and i keep saying with every fucking client if they ask me and in every fucking program i do and everything i do if anyone tells you that their relationship is perfect that there are no challenges whatsoever they're fucking lying to you period dot that's that's just the truth it's fucking period a, a relationship is meant to challenge you because a relationship as much beauty as it offers it naturally reveals everything that is not in service to the depth love and connection you share all your trauma all your wounds anything that is unhealed any pattern um, that comes from your past, any father wound, any mother wound. And the relationship ultimately is here. I always like to say a relationship is primarily here for us to grow and to evolve. And the byproduct of that is deep intimacy. But there is no deep intimacy without growth. Because my spiritual understanding of this human life is that we're here to evolve. That's what the universe intends us to do. It doesn't intend us to just have great and deep sex. That's a byproduct of being, of experiencing immense growth and being rooted in our heart and being able to stay in our body. We can talk more about that later if it comes up. But yes, just to get to get to get practical here again, in my relationship, things come up. I still have the inner self-saboteur inside me. But do I allow that self-saboteur to fuck up my relationship completely? No way. But do I notice it? Do I notice in moments where I with draw a little bit more where i'm suddenly getting defensive do i notice that absolutely are there certain heated moments with my partner absolutely are there moments where my feminine partner tests me and i don't show up in the way that i teach in the idealistic fucking awakened man always no collapse and always fucking hard open and rooted in his cock you know no there are moments where i collapse where my abandonment wound come up comes up where I feel, what, is she, what if she's going to leave me? What if I'm not good enough, right? But the key thing here is I have made my commitment to not let that fuck up my relationship and to get back into alignment as quickly as possible. Mm. And I like to say, you only have to be healed enough in life. 
You only have to be healed enough. Forget about the idea of being perfectly healed, because I've not seen anyone who is perfectly healed. But healed enough so that your wounds don't completely ruin your intimate life and, and your mission and your service to the world. Mm. And if you get there, if you get there, then you become unstoppable. And yeah. then your relationship is, I would call a conscious relationship and also a sanctuary. And I can tell you, Aaron, there are, there are moments, there are days, there are at times even a week where there is absolutely nothing and there is a deep sense of bliss and just harmony with my partner. It's a sense of altered state of consciousness. Mm. That's how I would like to describe it. But my wounds will come up again. My shadow will hijack me. There will be moments where we won't be in that state. There will be moments where we're stressed. Also because life happens. We're fucking traveling. We always miss our fucking ferry when we were on the way from Spain back to England. <laughs> Do you think in that moment we're like, fuck, I'm in such bliss? It was like, fuck. We're going to miss our ferry. We need to fucking do something. We're highly stressed and our nervous system is being completely charged in that moment. We're both tensed. And she and I were both tensed in that moment to some degree. But here is the thing. We don't see, or not anymore, being tensed as a sign that something is wrong with our relationship. That's part of life. I've come to realization that we need to allow that tension to be there. So instead of, most people have this subconscious belief that there shouldn't be tension. There shouldn't be challenge. And when there is challenge, trauma, tension, it's like, fuck, no, 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 let's bury that. It shouldn't come up. Yeah. But that makes it worse because that invalidates our experience and also invalidates our partner's experience. Instead, let's say tension, challenges, you know, can all, can all be there because ultimately what is happening there is that we believe that tension that we experience is ultimately proving that we are unworthy. It's ultimately going to lead that she or he is going to leave us. But instead, if we can just open to tension, hold space for tension, and be like, okay, we're both tensed right now, that's fine. Paradoxically, you move into a state of harmony fairly quickly, and the whole thing resolves itself. Yeah. But most people have that subconscious belief, can't be there. And that led to the biggest arguments in my relationships. That led to the biggest tension and to where things kind of went into a negative spiral when there was this subconscious belief, which I wasn't aware of, this shouldn't be happening. We shouldn't be experiencing this. Oh no, but that's not conscious to experience shame. Oh no, how, why am I experiencing shame? Let's push that away. No, that's part of it. That can be there, right? And I believe that's the way to it. And everything else, like trying to be an ideal, and portraying the perfect, posting on Instagram picture of you and saying you're always fucking enlightened and in bliss. Who are you trying to fool, right? You might fool the world, but um, you cannot fool yourself. And that's integrity with yourself. And you cannot fool the universe as well. <laughs> you just can't. I feel like one of the pretty supportive gifts in a relationship, particularly from the feminine to the masculine, uh, is the, I feel like it, there's almost like a stress testing that the feminine seems to to be proficient with and there's like a it's Absolutely. like a, it's like a seeking it's like a it's like a seeking like i don't know what the movie is i feel like it's maybe lord of the rings or so there's probably been lots of different animated oh i love one of my like favorite movies yeah but i i feel like there's probably i don't know exactly the exact depiction or picture or animated film but I'm, I'm envisioning like some type of creature kind of like investigating the the protagonist or the hero before they can like enter the enter the gates or enter the kingdom 
and that like that there's this exploration of like where are you weak where can we test you where is there instability and it's not easy <laughs> and you're like the feminine will test you when you least want her to test you the feminine will 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 do things when you least are in the space mentally emotionally spiritually right for to 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 actually hold space for that to actually be with that that's that's exactly when she's going to test you and the stress testing absolutely i couldn't agree to this more it's one of the key <laughs> gifts 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 of the feminine doesn't always feel like a gift to us men we're like fuck this is the worst moment to test yeah. the shit out of me yeah. but yeah the truth is if we get to a level where we are in a stressful situation and she's stress testing i love how you put it never heard of it that way and she's stress testing us and we are not collapsing and going into a sense of state oh she's gonna leave me everything is fucked up but we're in a state of trust we can still somewhat regulate our nervous system you feel like a fucking warrior yeah. when you are in that moment you yeah. feel so powerful and the feminine could be analog to, to life or nature or any of that like like the like the hero's journey you go through a whole plethora of different experiences through one's life where it's like okay like nature is stress testing you it could be you could be a rock climber or a surfer or a business person or whatever it is you know and the world says Whoa, like here's the point you know there's the instability and we're gonna we're gonna flush that out and you're gonna feel it and it's gonna suck and you're gonna be forced to address it because it's at the surface or you can stuff it down bypass it and, you know and keep on going and then it will just manifest again and mm. i think the, the path towards like a fulfilled life which i'm i'm in process of certainly haven't arrived anywhere but i think is is inviting those those stress tests you know and inviting like ah like something's at the surface okay mm. like i can i can be with it and then within that i think it's having the the resources to be able to engage with what comes to the surface so if you're just a chaotic mess, you might not have the bandwidth to be able to actually expose yourself to more stress. So it's like, okay, how do we do the work to, to oneself, you know, and, and, you know, our environment and our other relationships and our work and all that. So it's like, okay, like I'm fully resourced. Let's bring the shit up. But if you're already like a puddle of chaotic stew, you know, and just, just, you're just a mess, then it's like, we don't, we can't deal with more stress right now. Absolutely. And, and it's one of the things about stress testing as well is why are we men so fucking challenged in those moments? What triggers us so much? Oftentimes, if we're completely honest, it is because there is still a part within us that is seeking safety outside of us. Yeah. That is seeking something, grasping for something, grasping for protection, for safety and stability outside. And oftentimes for me in the past, inside the feminine. And this is what a lot of men who chase, who often are seen as this kind of, well, you fucking Casanova and you're so fucking what of a man. No, most men who chase are actually the opposite expression of what we could call an embodied man or a conscious alpha man. It's all about seeking safety and stability in the feminine. Oh, what can you give me? How can you make me feel better about myself? Yeah, it's like the, the modern term that I just learned in the last like six months of, of being a simp. You know that term, simp? <laughs> it's like you'll just... I, I heard about it before, but what does it mean, being a simp? A simp, I think, I might be mis misinterpreting. I kind of hope you knew the exact <laughs> definition of it. But it's like a guy that will just bend over backwards and do anything for the girl. And my, you know, all my worth and value and everything Please is riding on you. Basically. 
Yeah. Yeah. People, people pleaser. So that's, and then that's, I think a lot of modern men, I don't know if I fall into this category. Maybe sometimes I have, but yeah, we'll bend over backwards for that validation from, from the female or from the feminine. And then that's exactly what the feminine does not want. It's like, whatever you think, think the opposite. (laughs) The the moment you do anything as a man, so spot on brother, the moment you do anything as a man that is driven out of insecurity, that is driven out of trying to resolve it because you can't deal with her tension because you're afraid she's going to leave you or any of that sort, it's only going to lead to more tension. Always. Yeah. Always. Any attempt to please her out of not wanting to face the uncomfortableness of this moment is going to make it worse. It's always going to make it worse because the feminine responds to your underlying energy, which you are projecting and transmitting through your body, through your expression, and some could say through your consciousness. But that sounds very spiritual, blah, blah. We could just say through your expression to make it more practical for for the listeners. Yeah. To share something that has been an absolute game changer for my sleep and muscular recovery, that is magnesium, particularly Mag Breakthrough from Bio Optimizers. Magnesium is a mineral that it's just wise to supplement. It's largely deficient in modern day soil, it's largely deficient in most people for that reason. And Mag Breakthrough is a fantastic complex of magnesium, it contains all different, all seven different forms, and it's fantastic. I even chew the, I open the capsules and taste it. I think tastes great might be a little weird but uh, i genuinely appreciate the flavor of the product and think it's important to implement into anyone's life if you care about your sleep if you care about muscular recovery and the best part is you can get yourself a discount by going over to magbreakthrough.com slash align podcasts that's m-a-g-b-r-e-a-k-t-h-r-o-u-g-h.com slash align podcast and you'll get yourself a 10 percent discount on top of any other discounts they may have so jump over to magbreakthrough.com slash align podcast for a discount if you do not love this product if it doesn't make a difference in your life get your money back no questions asked i think you're going to dig it that's it magbreakthrough.com slash align podcast so a lot of this conversation, and I want to get back, we started with just like the blunt, crude, obnoxious question of like, how do we have better sex? And I want to, I want to come back to that, but I feel like that's, it was an appropriate opening to like, okay, here's, here's the foundation to come to, you know, that, that aspect as well. Cause I think it's, you know, sex is more than just like penetration. I guess it doesn't have to be, you know, it's really, it's really whatever you want to make of it. But a lot of this conversation has been a lot of top down, you know, so if you were to listen to this conversation and implement this information, you know, which I think it would be. It would behoove all of us to do so. It would be a lot of like, okay, tell myself to do these things. I know that you come from a lot, a, a very strong bottom-up history, you know, of, of physicality and embodiment and somatic work and things of the sort. What would be some practices to start to embody some of this conversation? Say, perhaps in particular, the individual that has resistance around commitment to purpose and commitment to, you know, their 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 woman or their man or the one. Powerful question again. Um, really, go- really great questions, by the way. I wish there was this one practice, yeah. right? I wish <laughs> I could give that one practice. Do this. And that's what every man wants to hear, especially a man with a masculine core. Fucking give me the three-step approach. Right. How can I fucking commit? Have the best sex and make this fucking work. And finally, but all of this is still ultimately an attempt to get away from the uncomfortable, to get away from the realization that life 
is going to challenge the shit out of you, that it's going to be uncomfortable at times and that there is no quick fix around it, right? Not what you just said, but many men who come and say, what's the three-step approach? What's this? What's the one thing? No, you're looking for some form of liberation that cannot be found there. It just cannot be found there. Now, when it comes to commitment especially, this is something very individualistic and every man has to go through his own internal journey. And this is actually quite interesting when it comes to commitment because men can receive a lot of support from other peers, masculine mentors and guides in many areas of their lives, relationship and all of that. But when it comes to the topic of commitment, of course, we, I can, we can do work with working through trauma and identifying where these commitment issues stem from and all of that. But every man internally, and he cannot, his hand cannot be held in that process. No one can walk through that door with him and say, let's fucking commit to that woman. That is something only a man can decide. And to that place, he has to come to that level of courage and warriorship himself. Now, he can do a lot of work. He can do a lot of trauma release, somatic practices, have his hand held to some degree by great mentors and go the path with him. If handheld sounds really fucked up, by the way, but let's just use it as a metaphor here. But he will have to go through the door himself. He will have to at some point say, okay, I've worked through that. And a good analogy for this is, let's use the analogy of shadow work. A lot of people learn about their shadow, learn about shadow work, but they, don't, they then don't do the shadow work, which is even worse, which creates even more suffering. Better to not ever learn anything about shadow work if you don't act on it, because it's even more painful, because you're going to feel ashamed and feel guilt for the rest of your life. Better to be totally lost then know all these great things, but then to not do them in the moment when they matter, right? Yeah. Sounds harsh, but it's kind of true, right? And so when it comes to this, when it comes to commitment, we can do a lot of work, but eventually we have to come to our place where we say, this is the woman I want. This is right for me. As long as we're like, hey, fuck, Aaron, what do you think? Is she the right woman? What do you think? You saw us together. What do you think? That's all insecurity. That's all still showing that there is some immaturity. There is something inside us that is that is not has not found a level of stability and safety within ourselves, right? We have to be our own rock, our own mountain, our own center, our own source of, of empowerment, of stability, of groundedness. And of course, we can reach out for support. But when it comes to these things, we have to come to a place. And every man has to go for that hero's journey you mentioned before, or warrior journey, or whatever we like to call it, spiritual journey, where they come to that place and say, okay, I know this is the right person for me. And I'm going to commit fully. Okay, I know this is my service. I'm going to start that dream business of mine and take the leap forward right now, whatever fucking consequences and implications that has. Yeah. I, I I recently went to a retreat and there was a, a shaman that was leading it. And one of the questions that was asked in the, the circle was something along the lines of like, how do you trust again if you have been, you know, seemingly destroyed by the world in the past? Mm. Like, how does one rebuild themselves back to that point, you know, where they were in such anguish and despair, like they barely made it out? And how does one come back from to to be able to trust and, and love again from that and his his response was that originally like the the, the the software that the person was running was that to trust the outer world as opposed to the inner world like coming from the inner world like that that's the anchor 
And so as long as a person's running the programming, that the outer world is more real than the inner world, or the outer world takes prominence, then we're just, you know, we're going to be just like, you know, a, a, a pinball, you know, just getting slapped around by however yeah. the world, you know, where, wherever the wind is blowing that day. <laughs> you know? I, I just wanted, if you would have asked me for, for, for that question that, you, that that shaman was asked, I would have right now answered something very similar. Yeah. That's really, really powerful. Trusting the inner world. I love that analogy. Um, also, when it comes to that, when it comes to, and I'm going to say something very provocative here, like all the things I might have said in this, in this, in this podcast. <laughs> but people get so hung up with the, and I'm not talking about being in an abusive relationship and really, really going through just manipulation and not knowing that, and, and well, not consciously at least, and being in a really tight spot and really going through some serious trauma. I'm not talking about that. But a lot of people, for instance, they are together with someone for a month, for two, for six months, for a year, and then realize it's not working out. So then the relationship ends. And now they get into this victim story. But I, I trusted my heart. I opened myself. And now it's not working out. And it's all, it's so bad. And why is that always happening? And in my, I personally, what I like to say to this is, why interpret this in the sense of that I can't trust myself? Right? What does that even mean? Oh, if I would have, I, I cannot trust myself anymore because it didn't work out. Who says that it was meant to work out? And who says that there weren't some really important lessons that were to be learned there? And ultimately, the way I like to see this is if we prioritize our heart's truth and our heart's safety, then nothing ever can go wrong because you go into a relationship, you think, okay, that's it. Suddenly you notice your partner partner is gaslighting you. You bring that up. You say, hey, I'm noticing you're shutting me down every time I bring challenging topics up in the relationship and that doesn't feel right to me. So let's say that, uh, or, well, let's not go into the proper definition of gaslighting. It's, this is not the best example of gaslighting. Let's use, uh, let's use shutting down, shutting down. Let's use that example because gaslighting, that's a bad example. Let's forget about that example. It's slightly different. Erased. Erased and from the podcast memory. Erased from the podcast. <laughs> We've all repressed. Let's, let's suppress we'll it deep into the shadow. that back up in seven months with a therapist. <laughs> no, but let's, let's call it shutting down. Shutting down the other person. Yeah. Because what I just said is not the correct uh, definition of gaslighting. Um, shutting down the other person. So let's say you bring that up. You always, uh, you uh, let's say you bring something up and your partner is always shutting you down for, and even though you're coming from your heart, you're not coming from a, from a negative mind state or whatever in that moment. And in that moment, if you trust and prioritize your heart's truth and safety, it's very clear the whole situation. Your partner doesn't uh, really respond to your heartfelt needs and to you expressing that. So what you're going to do is you're going to leave the relationship and that's it. There, there's no, no really nothing complicated about the whole thing. Your partner is not honoring your heart safety again and again and again. You can't have that conversation. Well, that's it. I'm going to move on. And, and, you know, that is a kind of mindset that so many people don't have. And then their dating life becomes so painful and so dreadful because it's meant to work out. This yeah. and this is meant to happen. But I trusted them. Why the fuck did this happen? No, just trust that in the moment where it no longer aligns, you can always walk away or work on it and resolve it if it can be resolved, yeah. right? 
it's all good. There's nothing so complicated about the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if we can do it wrong, you know, because I think, you know, we grow up in a, in a fairly, at least I did, I think most, you know, Western culture grows up in a, a fairly Christian culture. Like we're, we're steeped in, in Christianity and, you know, me growing up idolized, you know, this man bleeding with thorns across his head and, you know, posted up to a, to a, a crucifix as like, okay, like, cool, like the martyr, you know, that, that's, that's the beautiful thing. That's the hero, you know? And so to be able to do heroic things while being in like deep despair and pain, that was like bonus points in a way. And mm. so I feel like perhaps that influence of that, that indoctrination could start mm. to spill into the way one navigates a relationship. And within that, you're going to learn lessons. And then the other side of that was be like, no, I'm like, you know, good vibes only, bro. And, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not down with the crucifix, <laughs> you know, and then there's like, it's like, cool. Like, oh, there'll be a lot of lessons in that, you know, oh, <laughs> God. somewhere in between. You're like, yeah, a lot of lessons. I love in that. that. Good vibes only. Oh, God. If I hear that, it's just, I do have to say. No, it doesn't trigger necessarily in the past, but because I had my own trigger, because I went into the kind of spiritual new age guy, sensitive new age guy oh, kind yeah. of energy, you know? Yeah, and yeah. that's like all good vibes, you know? Oh, yeah. And then you gotta then, be high. Yeah, you gotta be the light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep it, keep it light, baby, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh god. But that's but so that's like I think that's a question because I think that a lot of us probably have this this subconscious pressure of oh, I'm gonna do it wrong. You know, and that's kind of a, it's like, can you do it wrong? I guess is, and it, you can't, I don't know. I mean, is that, the, is that true? I think the only, the, <laughs> you know, the only thing where we can fuck up to some degree, because people sure. like to say there is no such thing as a failed relationship to some degree. I agree, but okay, let's get to this in rare cases. Let's say I've got a client in rare cases. In most cases, I help the client to work through this and they, they move on from this painful situation. But there are cases, and any coach who says they don't experience an uncoachable client or any of that will, will be lying because that's what you sometimes just experience. Yeah. Someone who is not willing to take that step. It's just the truth. And I'm sure you have that experience as well at times where someone has all the information at hand. So for instance, it's like, okay, I'm noticing my relationship is completely has completely toxic dynamics, it's completely unsafe, and there is only one step that has to be taken for my fucking well-being, and that is in that moment to move on. Yeah. And some people don't take this step, right? Yeah. And when it comes to that, then you know it, you know, and you don't take it, you know? And then to say, well, there is no such thing as a failed relationship, let's stay 10 years more in survival mode. I know, some people will now say, wait, listen, ah, oh, now you're shaming people who are in trauma. No, that's not what I want to and intend to say with that. I completely understand that people are hijacked by their trauma. But let's let's just view it this from an objective lens. The person, let's say, is completely aware of what's happening, right? They have to call the shot, whether they are still attached or not. But we could say if they're not aware, if they're completely engaged in that trauma, of course, they can't do anything. That's all they know. That's the truth they know. That's what they believe is best to do. There's there's nothing to blame. Never, never anyone is to be blamed ultimately. But when you have all the facts straight, when you know this is not working, this is not safe, you have to make the choice. Yeah. You have to gather that courage from somewhere. 
no matter how fucked up you feel, and so many people have done it. Yeah. And that is when I say the whole failed relationship can be used again as everything, an excuse for spiritual bypassing. Yeah, well, I can still learn something here. There are even cases which I've experienced, not often, where people say, my partner cheated on me and treats me really badly, but I'm going to stay here just to prove that I can set boundaries and just to prove that I can deal with discomfort. And that's where we go into what you just described, right? What you described powerfully. No, that's, what, what did you say there? The martyr energy? Martyr. Is yeah, that how you, martyr, yeah. That would really describe that kind of archetype. Let me see how I can suffer even more and have even more fucking trauma responses. Fuck no, you know? Yeah. And on the other hand, what you said about the good vibes only, fuck that. That's also <laughs> not the approach. <laughs> I really it's appreciate definitely not you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you too. Um, I have, uh, so at the end, we asked one question that goes over to the Align community. The Align mm. community is found at alignpodcast.com slash community. And there's over a thousand folks in there now. I come in every day, we talk about life and things and share videos and whatnot. Uh, so this question will go over there. And it's to wrap things up and come back to the original point or the original question. The most how, important question. The most important question. All of this was just the shadow, a build fuck up. Fuck the whole spirituality. All it's of this, not important. All the, yeah. All this consciousness stuff was just a build up on how to have better sex. And so I would like to now come back. We're, we're landing the ship. How does this integrate into the bedroom or into the kitchen or the bathroom or the park for a person to have access to greater levels of sexual connection than they've ever known possible. I hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation. If you'd like to hear Laureen's response to this question, you can jump over to alignpodcast.com slash community. It is absolutely free to join. It's a place where we can communicate with each other and also share content that we are not sharing anywhere else. So jump over to alignpodcast.com slash community to learn more. Thank you so much for your time. And I feel like that was the perfect buildup for the crescendo <laughs> question. Yeah, just thank you. Thank you for, for the manner in which you've lived your life to be able to present in this moment and be able to unpack all of this information. It's like quite invaluable information and, thank you, and, fe and feeling. Where can people go to learn more about you? I know you have programs and courses and books and yeah. all the things to go deeper into this um, topic. So um, uh, on my website, lorincren.com, that's where all the offerings can be found. I've got upcoming trainings. I've got a upcoming, you can in, look in the training section and maybe you guys can link certain uh, offerings yeah, in the, yeah, sure, in the show sure notes that. of this podcast. Yeah. Um, for the brothers, I've got an ebook coming up soon, Awakened uh, Masculinity ebook. I've got a program coming up, the Awakened Masculine program. I've got a workshop coming up, the Awakened Masculine workshop. I've got the book, Understand Women Better. And for the feminine and male audience or couple audience, I've got the Polarity program, which is my signature program, which I'm hosting several times a year. And um, yeah, can be all found on lorincren.com or amazing. on the website. And then you also post amazing content on Instagram. I truly, I truly mean that. Like everything that you post on there is like, wow, it's like that was channeled from some source location. Like that was, you know, I just, I greatly appreciate the content that you put out there. It's very meaningful. I really appreciate it. Yeah. My girlfriend sends me your posts very regularly because she's like, you're essentially like my coach through her because she sends me your stuff with great regularity. <laughs> so I'm sure many no other gals out there will probably start doing them with boyfriends or prospective boyfriends.
my guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm very grateful that you receive it that way. Thank you, bro. Yeah, thank you so much, man. All right, that's it. That's all. Thank you so much for y'all for tuning in. Uh, I'll see y'all next week. Hope you guys dug that conversation. Once again, you can find Laureen's response to the final question over in the Align community, which can be found at alignpodcast.com slash community. There's over a thousand individuals in there now. Amazing discussion. I pop in every day. There's exclusive content only shared there. And it's a good, it's a good vibe. So jump over to alignpodcast.com slash community to get that and much more. Once again, I want to thank you all for leaving us reviews on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to this. It just takes a second to scroll down your phone. I want to thank Hardingo or Hardingho. Not how to say that name exactly. I don't even know if that is a name, but thank you, sir or miss for leaving a review. Very kind. I hope this was supportive. I hope you can implement some of the information garnered from this conversation. I know that I have and will. And thanks for doing you. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for subscribing. I'll see you next week.